I'm Danny. And I'm Damika. And we're biracial unicorns. It's time to celebrate! Bell <laughs> are you ed- are you editing out that S or am I editing out this S? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm keeping in that S. Because <laughs> it's extra for Miss Lowercase B, Lowercase H, Bell Hooks Day. I was going to say because she's probably a Slytherin. Oh, I completely team Slytherin all day long. She might be a Hufflepuff. Mm, I, I mean, for selfish reasons. If you're brown, <laughs> if you're brown actually, enough. she might be Team Ravenclaw. Now that I'm being <gasps> totally honest, dang it! You actually, I might have to give it to you. She might, she might totally be Team Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah. So today, September 25th, we are celebrating the one, the only Miss Gloria Watkins. Mm. A.K.A. Bell Hooks. A.K.A. Uh, it's so exciting. We declared this in uh, last year, actually. Yes. That we were just going to, I think we were talking about social media etiquette, and this was actually inspired by Danny's Happy Place. And we just we just commandeered it. We just declared it uh, Bell Hooks Day. And we, if you want more information, we'll link that episode in our bio if you want to know a little bit more about her. But we just came to, once again, highlight give some flowers and appreciation to a poet, <laughs> an author, uh, an activist. I mean, what other words? A teacher. A teacher, of a badass. We're just going to throw that in there for Spice. Just uh, in- incredibly influential and important to several generations to, to come and before and after. Just love her. Go, go read her. Yes, yes. <laughs> Today's her 69th birthday. So, congratulations. I feel like she had already impacted the world by the time she was 30. So, she's done so much work. I really do feel that the work that we do as biracial unicorns would not exist if not for her. Just because I feel like she is she is amongst the giants that I, I see myself like standing on on the shoulders of. Because she has done so much work and so much thought and put it all out into the world. And because of that, I feel like I am empowered to like delve into these lines of thinking and explorations and put my voice out into the world. Exactly. If you've had the pleasure of watching her speak, and there's loads of video on YouTube, please go find her and just watch her speak about any of her pieces or today's issues and issues of social justice. We talk about making space for people and Bell Hooks made space for people who sound and look like me. You know, she made that, didn't just make space, she came and made that own table where I thought I can be unapologetically myself, especially in her, in her work in towards love and the idea mm. of love and the expression of love it's they're so <laughs> expanding my own mind and breaking the construct of what we find to be love is absolutely shattered by bell hooks and i am so appreciative of having that expansion having and being challenged in those thoughts and those ideas it's teaching people how to love <laughs> is a heavy yes. responsibility i don't even know she realized that she she kind of took on and and challenged Yes, yes. And I'm going to I'm going to take this idea of love and put it over here and come back to it a little later. But I also think something that's really important about her work and I talked about this last Bell Hooks day, but I wanted to reiterate for anyone who is joining us for their first Bell Hooks day this year. 
I think her work around intersectionality is incredibly important. So I think Mm -hmm. she does, she has created that space for people who look like her, but she's also amplified the importance that all of us working together as a collective is what's going to bring liberation for for all of us, not just Black people, but all of us non-Black people of color and even white people for women, for men, for non-binary. She doesn't talk a lot about non-binary. I think that's also like a generational gap a little bit. And once again, we we have our heroes, but no one is perfect (laughs) and no one is all inclusive. But her work is very much about intersectionality of race and gender and anti-capitalism and really Uh with this big bow of love (laughs) wrapping it all up. Yeah, it's powerful work. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And that's why we want to celebrate her maybe put her into the ears of some people who have not heard of her. Yeah, she's great. So Demika, this year, Bell Hooks Day, what you doing to celebrate? I actually picked up a book I haven't picked up in years and years and years and years. I had to find a digital copy because I couldn't find my hard copy. And that is Killing Rage, Ending Racism. Yes. It's so I originally wanted to go with one of her other groups about uh, about community, about building cope, one of her pedagogies. Uh, but there's something about bell hooks. She she knows how to capsulate a feeling of now. And I reading the book, I didn't even realize how angry I have been. You know, I, I, I just remember there was a quote and I that I wanted to bring today. And I'm like, oh, I think it's from Killing Rage. I can't remember. But then even just rescanning it of like, oh, how perfectly she puts into perspective how I'm feeling right now. Like, that is amazing power in writing. So I wanted to share a little bit from uh, Killing Rage, Ending Racism. Make sure I don't like start like tearing up <laughs> or get emotional. Uh, she would uh, be all about it. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Relationships between Blacks and Whites, Asians, Native Americans, etc. will not undergo the positive change that is needed to establish solidarity and meaningful co- collections unless we build collective awareness and engagements with strategies for empowerment that enable us all to break with the colonializing mentality that promotes mental illness. None of us can create successful revolutionary movements for social change if we begin from the standpoint of woundedness. As African Americans make mental health care a more central aspect of our efforts to resist white supremacy and transform society in ways that promote Black self-determination, we will replace the culture of shame with an ongoing culture of resistance. Addressing our individual and collective suffering, we will find ways to heal and recover that can be sustained, that can endure from generation to generation. Mm. That wasn't even the original quote I actually went to find. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I, I love that you brought this quote. I did not, we're not getting into my stuff yet, but I didn't actually read that book in preparation for this year's Bell Hooks Day. Uh, But I did read just one 
I was trying to find a short article. Like last year, I shared a short article with everyone. And I was like, oh, there's got to be a short article I can share again. And one thing that I read included that quote. It was like, no way. Yeah, it's uh, called Beyond Black Only, Bonding Beyond Race. And it is just like a selection condensed from Killing Rage. So, oh, I, yeah. so I love that it was like a thing that I actually read as well. And I loved in that in that selection, like getting to that point, there is a lot of talk about how if white people and non-black people are really concerned about black pain, they should be challenging racism and not just turning a spotlight on collective pain, which yes. I think is is something that we were trying to get at regarding the um, Senate Bill 8 a little bit mm-hmm. was like, no, you got to be like about the activism and about the challenging systems. You can't just like point out an issue and spotlight mm-hmm. pain and say, well, I've done my work as an ally. So I love that. And I love that she is explicitly bringing in people from different racial backgrounds when talking about this. It is. Well, this this whole that particular chapter is talking about like the hope and the healing. Yeah. And and talking about fighting oppression is once you said it's highlighting the struggle and here it's highlighting the healing mm. and bringing back forward of being like no 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 it's the healing in itself like you're saying the standpoint of acting from woundedness have you ever tried to even just physically try to do and promote and have any change or anything meaning while wounded it's impossible girl it's, it's impossible it's impossible and it's something i've definitely fallen victim to in Ooh. my life where you, know, you try to you try to heal a relationship or heal heal something and you're just like so caught up in these mm. wounds like you can't you can't do the work to fix anything from there you can't and i think this actually helped reinvigorate my phrasing and my use of self-care and mental Mm. health awareness because I think it's kind of fallen into the category of catchiness, buzzwords, another thing to throw on top of the millennial pile of verbiage, right? But when you're like, no, no, this is an active balm this is a, an, an ointment. This is something that's going to promote and wreak out the infection of wounds, of generational trauma, of victimization, of oppression, not for the sake of, oh, fix it because you're worth it, boo-boo, and you're going to be okay. It's like, no, no, we can't have real transformation. How are we ever going to stomp out and call out white supremacy, patriarchy, and capitalism while festering in sickness and hurt? generational sickness and hurt it's not it's and i think that's where we're at a standstill in this particular generation where people are saying self-care is uh, self-absorbed and inward gazing and like no we haven't been doing the work of properly healing our wounds i'm going to do this now so the generation is stronger and can go further with this fight with this awareness with this healing it's yeah, uh, it's, I love that's why it. I was, I was like, that's why, like, even just now, just, just, just so choked up and feeling so called out, and also feeling so desperate to include my my brown brothers and sisters, my my white allies. Of you, just want to draw when you read something like that. It just makes you want to draw them so close, you know, and be like, oh, I'm wounded. You're wounded. We're tired. Yeah. Ugh. Demika's like all tears right now. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm very, ver- I'm very verklempt. <laughs> it's it it 
it's powerful. And I love being I love being challenged in this way, because I think I'm, I don't want to speak for you, Danny, but I think we're both pusher throughers. Mm, yeah, I think we're both I think we realize that these issues that we talk about a lot are so but we push through because we're we have to get through like like life cannot always be this way and i think we sometimes forget to address our wounds in a very real way but yeah oh girl how are you celebrating bell hooks day (laughs) uh so i i'm also reading a book somehow in between all the other things. And if I'm being totally transparent, I'm listening to a book because that's easier for me right now. And there is no shame. Yes. So I decided to go with something that I thought would feel less personal. I was trying to go with what I see is is a little bit of a blind spot in my life. And I was like, this is very removed. So it's not going to be emotional work as a lot of bell hooks things are. But how naive. How I'm, naive I'm, we all I'm are. Honest, I'm giving D- Danny like the, the biggest like side eye of like, mm-hmm, lips poked out. Let's see how that went. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I chose a book of hers I haven't read. It's a 2004 book. It's called The Will to Change, Men, Masculinity, and Love. Ooh. So it and it is. It's about It's about men. It's about toxic masculinity. But it's also about women and anyone who is not a man and how we relate to men because of the effects of toxic masculinity on men and the fact that men have been conditioned to not be able to love and it makes it hard to love a man if they cannot love you. So it's a really (laughs) intense read. I will share a short quote from it to give you a taste. Men cannot change if there are no blueprints for change. Men cannot love if they are not taught the art of loving. Love is vital to maleness, to the spiritual and emotional wholeness men seek. Yeah, so it's I don't know. It's beautiful. She, you know, she talks about like her early relationships with like her her father as foundational. She talks about relationships through her 20s and 30s in which she tried desperately to love men who didn't know love. She was attracted to this certain type of like academic man who who is like so full of thought and so full of insight, but has disconnected from their emotional experience. So they were really unable to love and she was really unable to love them. She talks a little bit about relationships she had in her 40s with a much younger man who was brought up in a world of feminism. And so he was a little bit more in touch with his feelings. And so like how that relationship was different than any other relationship she had. And it's not just that men don't know how to connect with their feelings, but it's also women don't know how to let men connect with their feelings. Oh, yeah. So it, it, it's a cool, it's a cool read. I do feel in some ways it's very resonant. And in some ways I'm like, wow, this is like perhaps part of a generational gap, but also part of, I have close male relationships, friendships, and I tend to have them with artistic males, even if they don't identify as an artist themselves. The majority of the males that I'm close to are artistic. So they're, I feel like a little bit more in touch with their feelings. And I did actually have a lovely talk with a, a close friend the other day about like his 
pushback on machismo culture and mm. how he realized it from a very, from like his teenage years that he was just like, nah, I'm not given that space in my life, which I thought was really incredible. And I'm like, this is why like we're such good friends and we could be so open and vulnerable with each other is because you made that active choice at a young age, I think. But yeah, lovely book. Highly recommend working my way through it for Bell Hooks Day. Oh, that's so good. I was so tempted. I was not in a place to like reread a whole one. I saw that one. I was eyeing that one pretty hard. So that that gave me the perfect push to go. Oh, that was so good. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, it, it is. And it's like 16 years old, right? So I think it's incredible how relevant it still oh it still feels and how challenging it is to addressing your own perceptions of men and masculinity, even if you are not a person who identifies as a masculine person. Gosh, I, I, I literally could probably spend the rest of the episode like, so how does that translate to non-binary? Like, how does that translate of how we view the construct of gender now? Because I don't think it's irrelevant. I yeah. don't. And I, oh, my, mm, girl, the, then this just turned into a full episode and it turns into a whole thing. And then it's Bell Hook Week, <laughs> week which I'm not against. But oh, OK, some other time, dog year that or we'll do it later. <laughs> yes. So those are our recommendations for Bell Hooks Day, things we are working through for Bell Hooks Day. We'd love to hear how you all are celebrating. There's just so many ways to engage with Bell Hooks. I saw this past spring at, I think it's Murray State University or something, but it came across my internet life because it was Bell Hooks related. And it was a group of female printmakers from all across the country did artworks did prints inspired by her poetry and so it was a whole show of works inspired by bell hooks and i just i love when things can exist in such open dialogue that way and the whole project seemed cool like the the professor who organized it at this university she had them all make however many prints and so she then sent back like a completed stack of every artist's prints to each of the artists. Oh, oh um, my which goodness. I'm like, man, I wish I was a printmaker. Because <laughs> oh, that I sounds incredible. It. That does sound, oh, I love it. I just got goosebumps. Uh, was I think Danny shared on Instagram, you can follow Saved by the Bell Hooks, which is yes. they use little little pictures from the show Saved by the Bell with beautiful uh, bell, hook, bell Hooks quotes over it. That's a really easy way to celebrate. I think that's really great. So, yeah. 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 So take a look at her work. Let us know what you think. If you have a recommendation of a, a book that we should perhaps look at. I know last year we're like, maybe we do a unicorn library on a Bell Hooks book. And we have yet to do that. So if you have a recommendation of a book you would like us to delve into, please let us know. She's written so, so many books. <laughs> like, I feel like I've read so much of her writing. And then I'm like, oh, well, there's a whole other book that uh-huh. I've never even heard of. I know. And then there's essays and poems. And then like, she's uh, written lengthy forwards to or additions to other people's works. It, no, prolific. Yes, I love it. Do something Bell Hooks related today. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Yeah. Well, we look forward to hearing all your bell hooks thoughts and we'll be back on Tuesday back to our regular schedule.
Mm-hmm. Peace. Out.